When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. We have a lot to talk about today. Big news, once again, surrounding Texas. If you know Texas, you know that the lieutenant governor is just as powerful, in some cases, even more powerful than the governor, controls the Senate uh, in Texas. Uh, and Dan Patrick, who is so out there as a Trump uh, uh Trump Republican, I guess, he, he makes Greg Abbott look like a wannabe. Seriously. Uh, was virtually unchallenged until this week when a serious Democrat entered the race. Uh, that candidate is our friend Matthew Dowd, who joins us fresh after his big announcement. Matthew, welcome. Uh, great to be here. It's uh, great to be here on day two of the Tell the Truth About Dan Patrick tour. So that's got 404 more days of it. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, so how, how did the launch go? Um, by the way, I should, I should point out you're a repeat guest on this show. The first uh, one ever. One of, yeah. You were one of the, the earliest, uh, people on that trippy show. Uh, uh, I, I've always admired, um, just your, your decency and your, uh, your independent streak, uh, it's, which I think, uh, this exudes Texas in terms of that, 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 uh, that independence that you have, but how did your launch, uh, how do you the launch go? What kind of feedback have you got? Um, I think it went well, you know, it's, it's one of these things you never know, uh, as you know, uh, when you, till you actually do it, what the response is going to be. I think so many people in Texas are so frustrated with the GOP leadership um, the governor, but he, like, especially Lieutenant governor who has basically controlled all of the bad stuff and the cruel stuff that has been passed over the last year or two years. He's basically the one that's pushed it and done it through. I'm not taking responsibility away from the governor, but at, everybody, uh, has been very positive. Um, it's got a great reception. I was able to do a lot of different media, uh, for Texas around. I did some more this morning. I'm going to start my first travel, first move, I'm going to be at the Women's March uh, on Choice on Saturday. And then the next stop, I think, is Houston and San Antonio. So I'm going to start in and go out and meet people. But the response has been awesome. We've had a ton of grassroots con contributors already. And I think people are just fascinated by, you know, me being a former Bush person now running as a Democrat 
because of how upset I am at what's happened to our state. Yeah, I mean, can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, your sort of tra travails uh, through politics. Uh, sure. And Richards, even. You know. And you've known some of this because you and you and you, you know, and I have known each other, or at least of each other, for almost thirty years, obviously, yes. or, or more. Um, so I was, I did Democratic campaigns. I worked for Dick Kephart in St. Louis. I worked for yep. Jake Pickle, who was a congressman from Austin. My first job in, in when I moved to Austin almost 40 years ago was for the Texas AFL-CAO. I then worked for the Texas Democratic Party. I then was hired by Lloyd Benson, who was the Democratic U.S. Senator from Texas. He was picked by Dukakis to be vice president, and he was run the ballot twice. I did that joint ticket in Texas. And then Bob Bullock. Uh, hired me to run his campaign in 89. Um, and I ran his campaign in, in 89 and 90, who is an old style Democrat. And he and Ann Richards, I helped Ann Richards in that because they were on the ticket together um, in, in that. And I obviously ran the campaign for Bullock, but I actually helped Ann in that. They both won. And then in 94, Bullock won re-election. He's the last Democrat lieutenant governor uh, to be elected. Um, and I was you know, blessed to have done that campaign and lost her race then. And then after that, I sort of got out of politics until um, I had met George Bush in that. And I watched what he had done in Texas, uh, working with a Democratic lieutenant governor, working with a Democratic speaker. And then I thought, oh, maybe maybe he, we could do this in Washington. I joined his campaign, worked for him until 2005, did Arnold Schwarzenegger's race, and then broke with the Republican Party. I think I saw the sort of what was coming sooner than I think some um, and became an independent um, for since 2007. And then over the last couple of years, I've decided that the only vehicle to save our democracy um, is through the Democratic Party. Uh, I think the GOP has become an autocratic party that doesn't care about the common good. And so the only party that exists today that actually believes in the small d democratic principles of our Constitution is the Democratic Party. And it's the only party right now that's actually interested in communities and the common good and equality and justice and all of that. So um, I've decided to sort of put step into this. If you had asked me, Joe, on January 1st of this year, if I was gonna run, I would have laughed at you and I would have said, no, no way, no freaking way. But after January 6th and then watching the legislative session and the special sessions here, I decided I have to do more and I'm willing to put my name on the line and call people to join me in this effort. And that's what happened. Well, and, and Matthew, Texas isn't that far removed from kind of not just not just bipartisanship, but having Democrats running the state. I mean, you know better than anybody. But I mean, you had you had Bush and, and Bob Bullock, you mentioned. But there was a string there for a while that it, it kind of almost that that kind of strain of Republicanism kind of ended with with Bush. And you've talked about that on the show before. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, Bush is, I, I think Bush is governor, even Democrats when he was governor, know he did a lot on education. He did a lot on the economy. He actually every single day worked with a Democratic speaker and a Democratic lieutenant governor. Um, he did that. That stopped after he left. That basically was over. Um, and it's only gotten worse over the course of the last 20 years as they've consolidated power and occupy every statewide office. It's, it's my, I've always said this about monopolies, whether they're corporate monopolies or utility monopolies or whatever they happen to be. When you have a monopoly, including politics in a place, it breeds 
incompetence and corruption. And we have both of those today in Texas. So can a, uh, this is an interesting question. How, can a Democrat win statewide in Texas? Obviously you think so. That's, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, we all hope so, but uh, how do you do it? Well, you know, I'm not a person that believes in just running just for the sake of running and seeing my name on the ballot. It, it, that actually is the least desirable thing that I have of, of it being about my own ego. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try to make people understand this is about we and what our Texas values are and who we are and how the Republicans do not lead the state, do not um, align with those. And so I think the way you win it is the way to win it in Texas is you have to get as many Democrats as you possibly can to vote. And there's still a huge pool of Democrats in Texas that don't vote, um, that are registered actually and don't vote. Even though one of the things I tell people, we had a record turnout in 2020 and we were ranked 49th or 50th on turnout in the country and we had a record turnout. So it's still a state that needs to vote more. You have to win independence here. Um, you have to win them by 10 or 12 points. And then you have to do slightly better among sort of disaffected Republicans, which I think is very possible because of their dissatisfaction with Donald Trump and Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott, the governor. So I think the coalition exists. The question is, do you have the resources and will people engage and believe in it enough to understand we can win, um, but it's going to take all of us. Yeah, we got to get people out. I mean, it's just democracy's at stake. I mean, it, it, democracy's on the ballot, uh, really, and particularly in Texas. I mean, it is everywhere in the country and will be nationally. And as and Joe completely and as Democrats, what we have to do is we have to build a bigger table. We have to. It doesn't matter if somebody used to wear a red jersey or used to wear a purple jersey or used to wear a green jersey. We have to invite them to the table. If they share the same values and believes in democracy, we have to include them at the table, and that's the way we win. Well, you kind of see that you see the consequences of this, and I know I know Matthew. This is one of the, kind of the centerpieces of your of your campaign, and and, and especially against Patrick. You see how when, like you mentioned, monopoly is is kind of in charge, what happens? You look at the power grid, you look at the abortion bill, I mean, on and on. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. So what's happened is, is because they've consolidated power and they're only worried about the, the Republican primary voters, which represents less than 5% of the population of the state, if you think about it, that's all they care about. Because they think they can do all of this crazy, outrageous dangerous things like the, you know, the basically attack on Roe versus Wade and eliminating Roe versus Wade, like a permitless carry bill where you can get it, carry a handgun openly without a permit or training, like um, voting, the attack on voting rights. And so while they've been doing all those things to throw, to run a cultural war um, against the diversity of the state, basically, they've ignored all of the big things. And one of the big things was the electric grid. I can say for, I was out of power and water for eight days. I had to move into a hotel for two days in New Braunfels until they lost power. And then I had to move out of the hotel into a guest room. <laughs> I moved into the guest room of the mayor of Wimberley, Wimberley's house here uh, for three or four more days. And, and what's the, what was the Republicans' response to that? They did nothing to fix the grid, and they actually made it easier for corporations to charge consumers more. That was their solution that they put the fix of the grid on the back of consumers in this. They haven't done anything on healthcare. Uh, we, we, we could expand Medicaid. We have the largest pocket of uninsured people in the country, largest group of people uninsured. We could get a million or two million of those people 
insured just by expanding Medicaid, which cost the state of Texas no money, cost them no money to do. And so they ran this culture war to appeal to 5% and didn't do all the big things that would actually improve people's lives. So in terms of kind of how we look at the state, Abbott's actually now pretty underwater. Um, there, there aren't a ton of attempts yet that are above water. But I think that last poll had Abbott as something like nine below in terms of his approval rating. It doesn't really look at Patrick, but I'm guessing it'd be pretty similar. What's your sense of, of how vulnerable they are at this moment versus, you know, six months ago, last cycle? Because Democrats have been here before in Texas. Yeah. So Greg Abbott's got the lowest approval ratings he's ever had since he's got elected governor. Um, a majority of the state disapproves of it. A majority of the state thinks Texas is going in the wrong direction. Dan Patrick is actually even worse. In the last public poll, which was about a month ago, Greg Abbott's very unfavorable is twice as big as his very favorable. Dan Patrick's is. The, prob- the problem with Dan Patrick is about 20% of the state has no idea. That's the thing about lieutenant governor's races. I'll tell you a funny story. After I got Bullock elected um, in 1990, we spent like six or $7 million. Think about this. We spent in 1990, 30 years ago, we spent six or $7 million. The Republican who was Rob Mossbacher's, the commerce secretary's son, Rob Mossbacher Jr. spent $8 million. In 1990, we spent $15 million. I did a poll after election day a week after election day, only one third of the people could name who they voted for, for the lieutenant governor, one third of the people. And that's an opportunity for me because there's a whole bunch of people that are, he's unknown to, but the people that know him, most of the people don't like him. But it's totally, all of that's factual, true, they're vulnerable, but it's totally dependent on running a good campaign with good candidates who can deliver a compelling message that Texans can can buy into and agree with and be motivated by. So a candidate, as you all know, can be as vulnerable as can be, but still win because somebody didn't run the right campaign, the candidate wasn't appealing and didn't have a compelling message. So a lot of that's on me, but a lot of that's on all Texans to understand the only way to correct this and hold them accountable is to show up. But I also, I mean, I think, look, I, I think your candidacy is, is obviously important in terms of the, the Texas race, but I think um, in terms of showing that, you know, we can, that, that, that an, an independent Democrat, somebody who, who has been a Republican in the past, uh, made the, uh, this and is speaking out against what's going on in the state, uh, I think that's going to help the rest of the Democratic Party. I mean, I think whoever gets the nomination for governor, I mean, all uh, writ large, I think having your voice, particularly um, because it's so known, I, I really believe this is a, is a true independent uh, uh, voice that always tries to bring people together and get, and, and get something done for people. Um, that's that's a, a message that's going to be, I think, n- not just critical for you to win, but could actually uh, bring in three or four points of, re- of Republican women and others, um, you know, who, who look across a little uh, hesitant about the Democratic Party because, of, you know, the national brand. Um, but I think, you know, Texas, uh, I think Texas could re- really respond to your, to your message. Uh, 
but you're going to need the resources, right? I mean, that's the, the thing to get that message out. They're all, I mean, he's already, Dan Patrick's, I think, has $21 million in cash on hand. So he's been raising it from, you know, corporations, utility companies, special interests. He's been doing all of that. Yeah, I don't need as much, but I do need it. And I, and I think going to your point is I'm going to talk about some of these issues that Democrats have sometimes gotten crosswise on, and I'm not going to be afraid to wade into them. I'm going to talk about choice, and I'm going to talk about it from a perspective of a person of faith. You know, I grew up uh, Catholic. Uh, I go to a church every week here. It's an interdenominational Christian church, but I'm going to talk about why I'm pro-choice as a person of faith. I'm going to talk about guns. You know, I own five guns. You know, I have, I have three shotguns and two rifles, but I believe in gun reform. Uh, because it's gone, we've gone way too far on gun violence, and we have to do something about it. And so, um, I mean, all of those things I think resonate with people. But I think sometimes we get out of whack with where people are, because I think most people are. Yeah, I'm a person of faith, but I'm also pro-choice. Yeah, I think we should do gun reform, but I don't think we should go, you know, uh, bananas on it or whatever. And so, I'm, I'm a. I'm, I'm not only going to sort of talk to anybody I possibly can, I, I'm going to talk about these things in a different way that I think most people talk about when they sit in their living rooms or their kitchens. Yeah, well, you've always talked about them that way. Uh, I mean, I'm serious, <laughs> that's why. No, no, I, I really mean that. And that's why I think it's so, so important to have that voice out there as a candidate that can actually, you know, can win. Uh, and I think uh, maybe help others understand how we should be talking on both sides, how we should be talking about these things. Uh, that there is a better way um, that we don't have to go to the extremes. There's there's a lot of middle ground and common sense, and I think that's that's always what I that's why I've had you on the podcast before before I ever dreamed that you would be crazy enough to be a candidate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was a dream or you had or a nightmare that I was crazy enough to be a candidate. But you know, Joe, you've asked yourself this. I know this. I know you've asked yourself this a number of times because of the decency you are. All of us in this moment, we've run campaigns and do it, doing all that. Yep. Today, it's different, yes. right? It's 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 much more monumental and much more crucial in this task. And you've done this is probably as long as I have. I think today is the most important moment we're in yep. because democracy is actually at stake, and what we believed in our country is at stake. So we each ask ourselves, what can I do to advance the ball and get us to a place where we need to be? as a multicultural, multi-ethnic democracy, because that's what we should all want. Yeah, no, and that's actually, that's one of the reasons I joined the Lincoln Project back then, because I realized, uh, I mean, look, I've done battle with those guys, a lot of them, with you, with you, yeah, you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, hard fought things, but, um, it, you know, it came to me that that's not what this one's about. This is not Democrat versus Republican even. It, it is all of us who, who can uh, for a form of the pro-democracy coalition to to to, to elect a people who are pro-democracy who are going to stand up and uh, protect it. Uh, and as you point out, there's only one vehicle, one way to do that now. It's the Democratic Party. It's not uh, the Republican Party. Is has just all these autocratic Trumpian impulses um, that threaten um, uh, the future of rights and everything, the right to vote. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited that you, that uh, crazy or not, 
that you made the, the decision uh, to, to do this. I think it's really important. I think it's one of the biggest things that, uh, that I've seen happen uh, that gives me hope uh, uh, this year so far. Well, thank you. And I, and I hope, you know, it's funny as you say that I have thought about this is I want to base this campaign in the ideas of faith, hope, and love, which is, is faith that we believe in something bigger than ourselves. However, we define that. Some people define that as God or Allah or the, the nature or whatever, that we believe in something bigger and that we believe that we have faith in the idea that love can conquer hate it may not in the moment, but it can. And that we have hope that the idea that we can actually do this, that we're not just doing this as a fool's errand. And the fact that we we're doing it because we love our fellow citizens, we love our fellow human beings, and that we love the idea, as imperfect as it was at the creation of it in the late 1700s, we love idea of what the America is supposed to stand for. And so that's what's down deep in my gut about this, is, is I think all of those things unite us, but our politics as our politics is way off from that. And, it, and like I have said, I love Texas, but I absolutely hate our politics. And most people are, believe those two things simultaneously. They love Texas, but they hate the politics. Amen to that. I think that's, that's, that's so right. I, I think the country's there too. Uh, we love America, but we hate, yep. hate the politics. How can, how can our listeners help? I mean, where do they find you? What's your, 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 so there's two ways. Uh, they can go to www.dowdtexas.com. So just dowdtexas.com, D-O-W-D, texas.com. Or they can go to my Twitter feed and to access all the things I'm saying and doing, which is at Matthew, two T's like the gospel, at Matthew J. Dowd. So I'd love people to join. If, all, if, you know, if they can want to contribute, awesome. If they want to volunteer, great. You know, we have a way to do that. And if they want to just amplify the message because they believe the same thing needs to happen in Ohio or, or needs to happen in Missouri or needs to happen in Florida or needs to happen in Pennsylvania or Michigan. Come have at it. Um, I'm willing to sort of present the front here in Texas, but I know the battle is bigger, but it's pretty big in Texas. Oh, no, no, no bigger fight than Texas. I, I really believe that. And, and it's so good that you're making it. So Matthew, I got to ask, are we going to be hosting Joe with a similar announcement from Joe next week? <laughs> no, no, no. Joe, Joe and I each took a sanity test and I didn't pass it and Joe <laughs> did, which meant I was running and Joe's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see me run. Send the guys with the straight jackets to take me away, okay? We've made history again on this podcast. Someone just called Joe Trippy sane for the first time. <laughs> Listen, uh, um, but it's it's I you know Joe I I'm, I'm glad you, you you both are part of the fight and I, I think it's worth it. It's worth it for our kids. It's worth it for our brothers and sisters. It's worth it for everybody we meet, uh, that, that, that the country and the state is failing right now because we don't have leaders that lead. We have politicians that are craven, that are completely craven. And that's the problem. Yeah. And uh, I just want to lay out for our listeners, uh, if you can get behind Matthew, I guarantee you there is no one uh, in the country running today that has a bigger heart than Matthew Dowd. Um, Thank you. And uh, uh, I'm really glad that you're made th making the race. We'll put uh, in our show notes the links to your your website and uh, great, awesome. And they could and they can see I did an opening video, which just basically lays this out, kind of shows who I am and what why this race is important. 
and we'll put that put a link to that there as well. Uh, uh, thanks, Matthew, for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, and thank you both for uh, all what you do to support uh, our democracy. It's needed, and uh, a, a nation is grateful. Thanks, Matthew, for joining today. You can help Matthew and support his campaign at DowdTexas.com. We'll include a link in the show notes and follow him on Twitter at Matthew, two T's, like in the gospel, J. Dowd. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And please do share this uh, episode with a friend. Uh, not only does Matthew need that, but but I think the nation does. Uh, people will benefit. Our party will benefit if you can spread this to others. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the reviews on iTunes. See you next time. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you all. That was great. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.